Is the ocean technically the world's largest gumbo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, way, the, way, the way the planet's eating, yes. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Uh, welcome to episode 10 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, back um, from, from my deathbed. Uh, I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Our special guest this week is Harrison Watt, the play-by-play man for Fair State. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. Happy to be here. Uh, this week, we'll chat with Harrison for the first part of the podcast, at least. We'll see if he sticks around uh, covering Ferris State. We'll talk about the Michigan Tech series with Bemidji State. We'll preview the, the series between Michigan Tech and Ferris State, and maybe we'll talk about some giant hot dogs. I don't know. We'll see uh, wherever else the show takes us. Uh, we'll talk about the Joe Sean hour, too. There was a couple tidbits that are probably pretty good for us to chat about. We just talked about oh. one for our patrons that uh i'm super the, excited i'm super excited yeah for you're really excited aren't you yeah let's see let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor and we'll be back to talk with harrison watt Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, wisconsin home of the hodag look online at fibkedental.com or find them on facebook they do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, Welcome back. So let's get right into things with Harrison Watt. Let's start off uh with just talking about fair state and how the season's going it's it's uh it's certainly been a better start than than how last year went so so how have things been for fair state uh things are a little up and down better yeah better than last year um a little up and down down. um yeah i mean we um we got off to a better start we're playing better I think if you looked at the box score from Saturday, you guys would see where some of our improvements are. We outshot uh, Northern Michigan, rather, 44-18. So we really took it to them. And it wasn't 44 perimeter shots. I mean, we were getting in there, had some good chances. Um, The issue was, you know, neither goaltender on either side of the ice, um, ours, theirs, didn't really make a lot of saves this weekend. So, um there were a lot of great eight chances too. So I don't really think it was bad goaltending. 
But uh, there are two shorties too. I'm just looking at the box score for the first time. Yeah, we actually lead the country in shorthanded goals, which uh, it's kind of a weird stat. But we, um, yeah, it was just back and forth. Uh, really good offensive series. I don't know what it is about us in Northern Michigan, but in our last, what is it, last 12 games, we've gone six goals or over between the two of us and all of them. So for whatever reason, it turns into just a run and gun between the two of us. So we're playing better. We're scoring more. For the most part, our goaltenders have been better. Uh, they have, they've had a couple of tough weekends here and there, um, but we're seeing improvements everywhere on the ice. So I feel pretty good. Um, a lot of it is just learning how to finish the job. We've had a couple of third period situations that have been less than fun to put it kindly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have, you can, yeah. you can blame me for the the loss to Michigan state and regulation because I turned that game on and watched all four goals. Oh yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm a part <laughs> of the uh, oops. I did it. To or at least, again. at least three of them. I know that because I remember yeah. turning it on after the tech game just to see if you guys could pull it off and help with our non-conference pairwise stuff. And yeah, our and I just remember, like, I think I threw something <laughs> yeah. when, when Middendorf scored the game winner with 20 seconds left. I'm like, really? You couldn't make it to overtime and get the, like, essentially a tie. Yeah. I actually popped the wall next to me <laughs> um, and hurt my, hurt my finger pretty good. I didn't punch it. I just kind of flailed my arm out there. I didn't realize how close I was to the wall. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> But no, that stuff's been frustrating, but we're, we're in every game for the most part. I can't think of games where we've really been blown out. I mean, there's been uh, a couple games here and there where we haven't uh, been in it at the end by the score, but we've been competitive in every game. Um, it's just down to learning how to win and finish the game. Our third period has been our issue. Um, our guys continue to work hard, have the right attitude, but I think uh, when fans turn on the games this weekend, they're going to be a little surprised at what they see for the most part. Although – this is a matchup that's tough for us. Uh, good defensive team, 1.63 goals allowed on the year in Michigan Tech. Um, and that's with giving up the most goals in any weekend that they have all year. They give up seven last weekend, which is still a pretty low number if you think about it. Yeah, yeah and we'll talk about that. That's that, like, that was one of the big things that I wanted to talk about like the last four weeks when, when we were talking about when, when I'm listening to the podcast, editing it, trying to edit it anyway while I'm – half asleep on Tuesday or Wednesday, how much we complain about how we can't score. Yet until last weekend, we hadn't allowed more than two goals in regulation. And and you're going to win more than you're going to lose if you aren't letting the other team get the three. I mean, that's just the way it is in college hockey. It's kind of the first one to three a lot of times. Um, and Michigan Tech's averaging three goals a game now, pretty much. I think it's at 2.97 when I looked at it, but I thought we were exactly at three, so I must be off a little bit when I counted. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend and and seeing how things go. Um, Michigan Tech has been a little weird at home and. I don't know what's going on with that, where it doesn't seem like they quite show up as much at home as they have on the road. I don't know what you guys think of that, but that's been my perception where it seems like, you know, maybe the, like as awesome as the fans are, like it seems like maybe that the team is holding the stick a little tight at home because of the, like the expectations and the, and the crowd and everything. I don't know. It, 
it, but it does seem like they have been generally better on the road. I'm also excited because I think Ferris is the most impossible to describe team in college hockey. I think he did good a job as you could, Harrison, but I, I you turn you tune into Ferris, you look at the scores, you watch the stat sheets. It just it makes no sense ever because like how how is the team that dro- that drops a game to St. Thomas one weekend? You pick themselves up by the bootstraps, come out next weekend, and pick up a game against Mankato, who is now number one in the nation. Like they've just they've got this ability. They they've shown that you can never take a night off against them. But if they decide to take a night off, it could really shoot them in the foot. Yeah, it's um, it can be impossible to broadcast too sometimes. And I tell the guys <laughs> that because you, I just like we have fun with it. I'm like. Yeah, I never know what to expect. That Minnesota State game also was, um, you know, a lot of times when teams beat them, it's like they hang on for dear life for 45 minutes and just try and hope that shots miss the net and stuff like that. Uh, but, like, really, we did we did a really good job keeping them on the outside of the ice. Like, it wasn't like – I mean, they, they had us hemmed in a few times for sure. I mean, they're really good. I think they're the best team in the country. But um, – That's a few people that agree with you this week too, apparently. Yeah. Well, and, and other than face-offs, like that was a pretty even game. It wasn't like, you know, Ferris got two goals on 12 shots and, and, and hung on. It was what, 32 to 30 were the shots and, and it's, and Ferris State actually like outshot Minnesota State in the third periods. So it's not like you guys just went into a shell and tried to bunker down or anything. You kept playing and I mean, obviously the face-offs were terrible, but... Yeah, but we've actually, you know, it's weird. You bring up that game face-offs-wise. There's a game against Western. There was one other game. Other than that, we've been 55% over in almost every game this year, face-off-wise. Those three games, there have been three, maybe at most four games where we've been just bad in the face-off circle. But other than that, that's another area we've really improved. We've improved there. Penalty kills a little better than it was a year ago. The power play kind of took a half step back, but... Um, yeah, it can be impossible to describe and like, it's weird. I'll take a commercial break and something will have just happened. And I'll look at my color guy and be like, like, what, what are we? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know the answer. And I don't think we're going to know until later in the year. I think we're a team that'll peak later, but, um, I like, it's a good group. I like them. Um, the big thing for us is we're in shape. Whereas last year, um, to no one's fault just with the COVID restrictions, we didn't have summer conditioning. We had 20 underclassmen. Um, and then we ended up in quarantine for three weeks leading into the season. So the guys came in and um, it was pretty well documented by our coaching staff that we just weren't physically in shape enough to keep up with the really good older teams we were playing. Yeah, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Because I always thought even last year that Ferris was better than their record was showing. Like Dustin's um, quote of last year about Ferris is there comes a point where you are you are what you are, but just be, having the chance to watch Ferris games last year, I never really felt like they were truly a winless team. Like it's as dumb as that sounds, like it just didn't feel that way. And I feel like now that they've had the chance to condition, they're kind of showing that when they want to, they can steal some wins on a night. And I think the program's going to start coming back, which is fantastic to see. I've been around winless, not winless, but lower win teams. And the vibe is so much worse than it was with us last year. Like our vibe was still pretty good through the end of the year. Like we went to Minnesota state in the playoffs and we didn't just lay down. I think it was three, nothing and three, one, but they were close games right down to the end. There were, I think empty net goals both nights. So 
uh, like our guys didn't lay down. Um, and I give, there's a, I have a lot of respect for them for that. And they've, they played real hard this year, a couple nine conference bumps and bruises, but um, got a big opportunity this week, really big opportunity on the road. I'm hoping that uh, you guys keep sliding just for two more, two more games and then you can take off. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> oh, this is a fun, this is a fun place to win a game though. And like, then, and then slide anybody. back the last couple weeks of the season when we go yeah. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this, I, I love this trip. This is my favorite trip in the league. Um, I'm coming up on my own. And then I think my fiance is coming up potentially as well with her dog. So she'll get to see her first ever game at Michigan tech, which I'm pretty excited for. Um, I love it. It's a, it's a great fun trip. As long as I don't drive into the middle of the snowstorm. Which I know is, <laughs> you know. Now that you put it out there, it's got to happen. Probably. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty, it's pretty brisk the last few days. I know from some pictures I've seen, there's a decent amount of snow back home already. So it's, it's already there. <laughs> oh, fun. Excellent. Can't wait. I guess I'll ask you a question. So, Harrison, what's something about this Ferris team that you think could could surprise people, and what do you think might catch Tech fans off guard when they when they come into town? What's something about us that could surprise people? Uh, on any given night, it could be literally anything. That's the issue with our team. <laughs> it's it's just like I'll I'll do like a whole pregame show segment on one thing that I'm like, oh, this has been really good lately that thing doesn't show up and some kid that's played like four games will come out and look like dynamite. So <laughs> it's weird. Um, I think the thing, you know, from an individual player standpoint, some people probably remember Liam McDougall a little bit. He's uh, always been a good penalty kill forward. He played center a lot. Um, fifth year senior. Now he's fast hardworking second year captain. Um, he's a guy that stepped it up. He's scoring a bunch, um, setting things up. We moved him over to the wing and I think it's like totally changed his career. Um, yeah, I mean, he does every, every time we put him on the ice, he does something well. Um, from a team standpoint, I think when we turn it on, you're going to find their, on any night, there are three forward lines that can cause you issues. Um, there are a lot of creative guys out there that will do a lot of different things. Uh, our defensemen are a little bit more stout than they were a year ago. Goaltending is a little bit better. But I think up front is where we have the most depth. Um, I saw a really good comment from somebody in the Discord today about, um, I think it was <clears throat> Alec Bretzman missing at some point. And somebody said back, well, you're missing somebody. Everyone's missing somebody at every point. And I just like kind of sat down and realized like, in theory, I really love our full roster. Like if we have our full roster and our best lineup, I'm like, oh, we could be really good. We're going to be missing, you know, a guy or two here and there. And I sit down and I look at him like, yeah, in theory, that whole roster is really fun to play with. But on any given night, you have to be prepared to play with who you got. And I like the depth of our team and who we have, who we can plug in when we don't have everyone. So I think um, if anything, someone is going to surprise you and I can't tell you who it's going to be um, because it'll just be a random roll of the dice and some guy will come out and surprise you one night. And it'll probably be somebody different the next night. Who knows? I don't know. Our team is, our team is a weird chameleon. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of getting, we're going to get the, we're going to be the next team that's going to have to, 
stick our hand in the mystery bag of the fair state bulldogs yeah that's that's kind of a good way to put it and we we've changed our whole system too so we play we're not just like high off the window and out like old Bemidji state style anymore so you're gonna see some play style stuff and some face-off plays where you're like well where did that come from so that that could be that could make some things pretty interesting this week yeah i said i'm i'm hoping that uh that we see tech in the same way, right? We've, we've been missing so many people from the lineup too. And that's what I think one of our biggest interesting frustrations this year too, is that you're missing Bretzman, you know, Joe mentioned missing Peterson hasn't been in a game yet, you know, because he's had a, a lower body injury, you know, so we're, we're missing a chunk of guys too, that I think would, would definitely help there. So It's one, it's one thing to like, you, you have to learn to work with what you have when you have it. Like, the last time we went to the NCAA tournament, what did we lose in the course of three games? In the WCHA semifinal, we lost our second leading scorer. Um, in the WCHA final, we lost a middle six forward and a defenseman that played every night, both for the rest of the season. Uh, and then in the first game of the NCAA tournament, we lost somebody too. And we're at the end of this thing and looking around the room and seeing all these guys that had all these points all year. And you're like, man, can't plug that guy in. And like good teams, great teams learn how to figure it out when you're missing three or four, like Alec Bretzman is a really key guy. Um, when you're missing some of those guys um, it's, it's weird. And you wish that those guys are healthy because you wonder what your team could be with all of them. But you know, Joe does a good job with who he has all the time. I like Joe. Joe's fun to, Joe's fun to, um, I would say play against, but technically I don't play. He's a fun, <laughs> he's a fun coach for my team to play against. I, I enjoy Joe on the bench and Joe just in general. He makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely a funny guy. He's, he's different. He's so honest. Like I, I listen to the Joe show pretty regularly because he'll always say something that'll just kind of like your eyebrows will go up a little bit and you're like, okay, all right. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty honest, Joe, but I respect it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. I really like that about him. Yeah, that's very true. I'm, I'm sure I can't even imagine how many times he's been quote unquote pulled into the principal's office after the Joe show and, and asked why he, he went there. I'm I'm sure that's happened a ton. I I don't know if it happens anymore because she's probably just given up at this point. <laughs> I think I think Suzanne sees. Uh, I love Suzanne too. She's a great AD. Um, I think she sees sometimes the result of what he does and what his teams do, and you kind of learn to live like our football coach is kind of similar to uh, our football coach at Ferris is pretty similar to um, the way Joe is. And he wins. So I think you kind of learn to live with some of the things that come out of his mouth sometimes, which, you know, I can remember the one about the officials last year where Joe went off for a while. I just remember reading it. And my eyebrows are like, <laughs> it, was, it was so good. But like the other thing is you go into that locker room after, I bet the guys are just like, man, this guy sticks up for us. I like him. I like playing for him. I hope so. That's the vibe did I you, get at least. Did you see the video or hear what happened at, uh, live on the air against NMU like two weeks ago? No, I missed that one. Oh, was it good? 
what from a broadcaster's perspective, what is the official reaction uh, to to the f bomb being dropped <laughs> by a coach while you're live? <laughs> All right, take me through the scenario, and I'll tell you. So it was a it was a second intermission interview, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, second intermission? Yeah, one of the intermissions. It Dave must have been second because level. that was that was the period that we got both those penalties and scored on both of them, right? The, the second period that night? I, I think you're right. Yeah, because I so second period intermission report between the second and third. And Dave Ellis made some comment about finally getting some power plays and scoring on them. And and Joe made some comment about how they're finally fucking calling it both ways basically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you could see him like cuss and then realize he's live on the air and be like and then try and rephrase it quickly but it's already <laughs> out there <Yeah. laughs> Dave, Dave just kind of looked back at the camera like Ooh. <laughs> and that was live on was it, it was Fox I think it was TV6 yeah TV6 that, yeah. that would have been radio and TV yeah that's so good I think uh <laughs> Well, that wouldn't have been on radio because Dave Danis does his own and Dirk does his own Dave? radio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just TV then. And yeah. Internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, step one for me is don't react. If you, if you turn back, if you, if you continue to draw attention to it, uh, <laughs> you just want to, you just want to act like you never heard it. So the audience maybe just, think, re- thinks they didn't hear what they thought they heard. Right. <laughs> exactly. You just, you muscle through it. <laughs> then you take a then you take a commercial break, and the next thing you do is probably text your AD like, "Do I need to apologize? Do I need to maybe like issue an apology for this?" And you, you usually get the response pretty quick. Um, <laughs> I know one thing I noticed in the and we should we can probably move into this now, like the Bemidji State series. I did notice quite a few of the shots that we were getting were shots from the point where we're trying to get get it to the net so that we can get a rebound or try and shield him or whatever but we never seem to have the and that's we had a we i had a couple arguments with uh with old dog on discord this week but one of the points that he made very clearly that i completely agree with is if you're going to be taking those shots we need a guy in front of the goalie trying to shield his view and we never have that guy they're always off to the side and I don't really understand in this day and age how you can't you you're not having a guy that's trying to park himself in front of the net because goalies tend to stop you know 14 out of 15 shots if they can see it coming uh and and that was something I really noticed this weekend and oh one of the one of the power play goals that Bemidji scored, we provided that screen for them. Yeah. Yeah, there are two ways, two ways you get goals real easy. Uh, you take away the goalie's eyes and you get the shot through, through traffic. One thing about Bemidji is Bemidji is really good at clearing the middle of the ice out defensively. I didn't watch any of the film, so I don't know if they did a particularly good job of that, but that's typically what those teams do. They did a really good job of it okay. at times where – where you could see the guys, you know, hovering around the dots, trying to get a pass in and never getting to the guy in front. If there was a guy there. Um, and then the other thing, Friday night, it definitely felt like um, 
Bemidji took advantage of some mistakes to get their three goals versus Saturday night feeling more like um, Joe got out coached because Saratori made some adjustments and Joe really struggles with, it's always felt like Joe really struggles with coaches making adjustments that Joe hasn't seen on film before or isn't anticipating that's how they're going to play. Like they changed how they did the penalty kill and we kept trying to bring the puck in on the stick instead of dumping it in while they had four guys across the blue line. And that just doesn't really work that well. And I understand not wanting to dump it in when it's five on five, but when it's five on four, you've got the extra body. You should go win those battles to get the puck back. It was, it was definitely interesting watching Saturday night and just feeling like the Husky, like the Huskies made a game of it, but it also felt like there were large stretches of the game where Michigan tech was just completely out of sync. And it was all because of tweaks that Saratori had made to his systems that, were frustrating the tech players and Joe wasn't making adjustments. Tom is like frustrating for everyone to coach against. I don't think it's like, I'm not that I'm just trying to bail any coaches out, but like watch like on film. No, it's, it's very true. The the guy is just, he's a nightmare to coach against. And he he like needles, like he he just like needles, like the little things you really need to do well to win. No, he does like He's also like the nicest guy ever, so it makes it kind of annoying too. No, because that's totally how, like, winning 4-3 on Friday, it totally felt like Michigan Tech made, like, four or five mistakes and Bemidji State pounced on three of them and scored. And that's what Bemidji State has always done is found a way to take advantage of the mistakes when they happen and try and do their best to prevent themselves from making those mistakes and playing soundly. And like, I think we, I think we've on this podcast have always said that Joe or not Joe, that Saratori is probably the best schematic coach in the league. He, he finds ways to take advantage of what you're trying to do and frustrate the hell out of you and take it away. He's kind of like the Bill Belichick of the conference and he's done it against North Dakota and all the other teams they play in non-conference, they don't always win, but they frustrate the hell out of them too. It's not just our conference. They never get blown out. No, I can think of one blowout and I can think of one blowout my time playing them in a playoff game when we were the number five ranked team in the country and the goalie had a really bad night. And that was, and then the next night, double overtime. Like, that's just what they do. They don't get blown out. Yep. They basically, every goal or every game this year, even their wins have been one goal games, except they had two losses where they lost, or one win and one loss where they won and lost by two. And that's it. Yeah, like a frustrating team. Yeah. Look what they did. Look what they did last year to Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah. they had Thrashed. them, they had, they had them just, so confused and yep. Wisconsin didn't know what the hell they were doing. Made him look absolutely stupid. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I really greatly enjoyed it. I, uh, I think we I all I think did. every WCHA fan enjoyed seeing Wisconsin get dusted by a, uh, <laughs> a defensive minded, very well coached team. 
that which yeah, is probably the something they only saw against Notre Dame all season. I well, I wage I'd wager a, a bet that that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. They've been they've been really good for a few years at the Midget State team, and they have it's you know they've been like kind of knocking on that door of like, are we going to win the conference tournament and get into the NCAA tournament? But I knew when they got in, they were going to play someone, and they were going to annoy the living. I yep. was about to swear, living crap out of somebody. We've already we've already f bombed in this one. Go ahead, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 your job security at this point, Lake, But <laughs> I think I think I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Bemidji State is always a frustrating team to play, and I think been that way for years they have been. But I think, I think the yeah. critique there is, you know, a team like Michigan Tech plays them often enough that that you would hope that Joe would find ways to to overcome that. And and as I said earlier, I forget if this was before or after we started recording, but like the like Bemidji state is not really the team. I mean, I've looked now at their scoring and see that they have been scoring what three and a quarter goals a game, I think, or something like that. But um, they're not really the team that I would have expected to be the first team to put up three or four goals in regulation against tech. Um, but they did. Yeah, they're, they're usually known for that low scoring, get a couple of goals and kind of just then clog the crap out of everything style. And that definitely isn't what happened this weekend. Yeah, do we just want to transition into going into a uh, weekend recap? Because that's kind of the direction that we're heading anyway. Yep. All right. So, sorry for cutting off your thought there, Rob. You can continue. No, that's fine. Just think with this. Go ahead. (laughs) Fair enough. But I think that it's, it's tough for me to be really disappointed in this weekend because I think that those were two really well played games it was tough to pick out too many things that went wrong I think that uh Friday showed us a bit more of what I'm hoping to see going forward where we can come from behind grab the lead and never let go of it but I think Saturday we we played a very good game, but Bemidji came out very pissed off. And hockey's a very random game, and emotions can kind of play into it a bit. It's tough for me to really point out anything like specifically that went wrong, anything we could have specifically done better. I guess there were a couple of defensive breakdowns that maybe could have been avoided, but well, I guess that's. Well, I think every we game can. Though. I think we can start by blaming Mike McMahon. Cause he, cause he spent all that time two weeks ago talking about. Guy? No, isn't that Mike McMahon? Didn't I get that right? The guy from CHN, isn't it? CHN who mentioned the the power play. Yeah, like two the weeks PK? ago, he yeah. broke down how awesome our penalty kill is and how we hadn't allowed a goal oh. on the penalty. Now everybody like sixteen games in on it, yeah. going back to last year, and now we've allowed a power play goal in the last four games. Yeah, I mean. Call it a curse, call it what you will, but <laughs> in in my head, Bemidji's going to be the team that we're going to be flip flopping with all year. That's a no, team I that agree. I like. That's a that's a team that I like to be compared to. And, no, I get it. I yeah, I think the frustrating night, thing for me right now is that the CC or the CHN standings don't sort by points per game. Sure, <laughs> because because we're better than we are in the standings by how many games we played because we're so far behind everybody for some reason it's it's weird to me how many like i think a lot of it's because st thomas is new and everything um that uh 
that they've played so many games and, and everybody else has played them already pretty much. Uh, so they, so like even, even this coming weekend, like I think if we sweep, we're still likely fifth because Northern and I forget who play. And if they split, like they'll both still stay ahead of us. I think it is. If I remember correctly. Those games in hand are handy though. And that's like what it, you know, to go back to our own team, like yeah. I've been talking, I've been talking with our guys all week. I'm like, hey, we have games in hand on everybody right now. Like, yeah, you guys are in the same spot we are. You've only played six. I and they like feel like, oh, our overall record. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, we dropped the game at St. Thomas, but we more than made up for it with three points against Minnesota State. Um, yeah. We got a point out of a game where we trailed by two in the last three and a half minutes against Northern. Um, so I, I told the guys, I'm like, hey, we got games in hand on everybody. You pick up three points at Michigan Tech this weekend at least, and we're right back at business. Things are okay. Our overall record's whatever. Like, we got to focus on our conference season. And I think the guys, um, not that I'm a coach or anything, but I'm with them every day. I think the guys that I've talked to have taken that the right way and be like, all right, this is an opportunity. Like, we still have a chance to be in the thick of this right now. Like, it's not like the first half was some big failure or something. Hmm. Yeah, and if you start by – they've got – at least College Hockey News, Tim, has a, a win percentage – a point percentage in there. Yep, so you see can that. see it. Yep. You know, you can see we, we'd be in fourth. We'd just flip-flop with Northern based on percentages right now. Right. So, I don't think we're – it's necessarily too far down, but, yeah, there's certainly the opportunity. We've also played kind of – we've played the teams that we tend to struggle with too. Yep. You know, Lake, Lake State and us, we always play close with them. Northern – and us, who knows what's going to happen? It seems like, even though historically, for the last what two or three years, it's just been domination by us. Which yeah, Tech's a... coming close to evening the series, series like the whole program right. series, series after being down bad for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where you haven't played Mankato uh, yet, though. Mankato's the only of the <laughs> that we haven't played. Right? Oh, yeah. We're going to play Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. Bowling that's, Green's that's, not going to be a pushover. It's a big difference in the last year, the WCHA to this year. You can't, there's not really any, they're, they're all tough series. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a change with the exception of maybe, maybe St. Thomas, but you know, as we've talked about, that's not going to last that way for long. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my punches in on St. Thomas while I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uncomfortable with where we are. I think it's, it's not bad. And they've all been close. I mean, three out of the, three of our losses. I've been OT losses. OT which losses why, are key. Get to, get that forty five percent win for pairwise. Yep. Right, which is why the pairwise. I mean, we're sitting real pretty there. Our PK and our, we, our power yeah. play are, are both like top ten? twenty in the nation as well. Tenth in the pairwise. Yep. So even though the special teams has taken a little bit of a dump this weekend with the penalty kill, it's still eighty eight point nine percent. Right, top ten in the country. I think it was. Yeah, I think it's seventh. I think is what it's at. Uh, if I got an eighty-eight point nine percent in any M7. class I took ever. I would have been thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That, that's a great penalty kill. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, eighty-eight nine, which is tied for seventh, and we got a twenty-four percent power play despite playing the teams that have the number one and number three power play in the country. Yeah, that might be so, that might be closer to what my grades were like actually. <laughs> so he's good degrees. Top, top twenty in both of. In both of the special teams, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't think we can complain, can complain too much. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing for me is that Saturday was a little disappointing for a second, and then I sit there and think, 
we played a one goal. We had a one goal loss against a team that I like to compare myself to. So, I mean, it sucks. I would have really liked that sweep, but it's tough for me to really dog on it too much. And another big thing for me that I liked is that it seemed like last season, anytime that tech would pull the goalie is just an automatic goal for the other team. It seems like we're really looking dangerous with the extra attacker. And I like that it really seems to spark the guys to play better. And I don't know if we've had, have we had an empty net goal scored against us this season? No. And yeah, we've, so no. and yeah, we've pulled, we've pulled the goalie quite a few times. So it's just, it's cool for me to see that we're, we're, we're looking dangerous doing that. Like we're creating a lot of offensive opportunities. I don't think it's going to be, I hope we, we're not in that situation too often where we need to, but in the situations where we are, I think we're knocking on the door of it almost being a guarantee that going in the net. Well, and then the other thing you see is like Michigan tech hasn't taken a hundred penalty minutes yet. Uh, oh, just howling it. Yeah. They're 11, 11th in the country and penalty minutes taken. I think that one of the interesting things we talk about special teams is is this coming weekend to see how special teams go when Michigan Tech hasn't scored or allowed a shorthanded goal and Ferris has, what, scored five and allowed two? There you go. Tied first in the country of St. Cloud State. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, I don't know what it is. Hey, if, you, if you got a cherry pick the stat to compare there, cherry pick away. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love that's that. A, that's yeah. an impressive one. It was like all we had going for us with Chris Connor for a year. That was literally the only thing to be positive about at Tech Hockey Games for an entire season. I think the other interesting thing I see here on on college hockey stats is Michigan Tech is scoring on 10% of their shots. Pretty decent. That's that's middle of the road. That's 32nd in the country. I was going to say, I think that's what average. Yeah, but, but that's not the perception, right? Like the perception is, is we're we're shooting a lot more and not scoring as often. Like it feels like we're scoring on like seven percent of our shots, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say because I think that because we have the games like the first Northern game where we're putting up forty shots and not winning the game. We have the games like the second Northern game where we're putting up like what it ended up being like twenty seven something like that, and then ended up putting like five pucks in the net. So yeah, I think so, it's just like like averages end up looking in such a way and how you're how you perceive it as a fan is is another well, way and i also think kind of way, i also know? i also think the last three games have probably really pushed that up and the first two games and the first two because mm-hmm. yeah. you're because we didn't get i don't think we got 30 shots again at northern or either game with bemidji state yet we put up what seven 12 12 goals on, in those three games, mm-hmm. so thirty-five against Bemidji. We did have thirty-five yeah, Friday night. Yeah, on Friday. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I, I guess fan, your brain is going to magnify the more frustrating results. Like yep. you're thinking, you think of those games where you put up forty-four and scored like twice. Yep. So you you think about that a lot more than you think about the game where you score four times on twenty-five shots. Agreed. It it's yep. just natural to to focus on the frustrating part and. And ignore the game where we score on one of seven shots. Yeah. I think they're... Five on 26 in the first game against Wisconsin. That yeah. helps. Yep. Absolutely. To really, five to on 28 in the second. It also it back in for a second. giantly uh, skewed our expectations for the year. Yeah. But anyway, like I was saying, to reel it, to reel it back in, um, 
Does anyone have like a takeaway that's that's different than mine that contrasted it at all? Because like a, a split sucks. You always want the sweep, but it's tough to be too bitter about it, in my opinion. With Bemidji being a team that I like to be compared to, road split, I I, road split in an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with one, Harrison. One goal games. That's a hard place to play. I think I'm happy with the results. I'm frustrated with how it happened. Sure. Yeah. Because it it, because I because I didn't really expect Bemidji to be the team that scores four goals in regulation. Um, but they did, and and uh, it was nice to see Tech continue to fight and get the one back. And after they got the third goal, I really thought they were going to find a way to tie it when they had what six and a half minutes to get the second one. But yeah. but uh, I know you said. I think in one of the chats that your big complaint was not pulling the goalie sooner. And yes. I don't think it was for a lack of want. I think it was for a lack of control in the right part of the yeah. ice. It just never materialized that we were possessing it low in, in the offensive zone and could get him out there. Yeah. I feel that it's just the stats and, and just about any hockey game you'll look to, if you're down a goal, the stats will point to, the sooner you pull the goalie, the more opportunity you have to put that puck in. So yeah. I that might not be the traditional school. The traditional school is you don't do it until there's at least two minutes left. I don't mind seeing a pulled goalie with like three or four minutes left. Like if if that's no. what it's going to take to get the extra offense out there, I don't mind seeing that, especially with how how dominant the possession play has been with Tech when they have the extra attacker. Some uh... – some stats say your odds are just as high scoring that goal with three minutes left as you are scoring it with 30 seconds left if you can get an offensive zone face off. Yeah, I think so that's like, key when situational when to do it. I think, yeah, so like a good example this weekend, we played, we played to get an offensive zone face off late uh, to try and tie the game up, and we just floated it at the goalie and made him hang on to it. Um, or no, it was maybe they iced it. One of the two. I think they might have iced it, but we we had them in for a while. They iced it. They took their time out, so we got to go back to the bench, draw it up. Um, so, you know, you can pull them with three minutes left. I don't mind that either. But, you know, if you can float one in on the goalie and chase it in and make him hang on to it, your offense is on faceoff. It's just as valuable as pulling the goalie with three minutes left. You got to win that faceoff, but you also got six guys on the ice to try and hem them in and go get the puck back. No, I, I have zero problem with um, being a crazy Frank type situation and trying to pull the goalie earlier than you might expect. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think three minutes or more left if you've got control of the puck in the offensive zone is a great time to pull a goalie when you need a, a goal or two. Um, but it 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 just never worked out the way Bemidji plays. They're so suffocating at times that you, they just never had the right control to do what they wanted. Yeah, well, any anybody else have anything to say about our series this past weekend? No, I think that sums it up pretty well. I mean, we got yeah. I, I can't complain. There's not a lot to say, right? It 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 kind of went what we expected it kind of would, except for like Tim said, probably more goals overall, but. We kind of said, you know, a split is a split's not bad. We, we wanted a sweep, obviously, and we said 
Yeah, need, and I would have been. Need, I would have been to get it. thrilled to death if they could have tied it up and forced overtime and gotten the one forty-five percent win. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, we like we said at some point we need to sweep. So since Dustin brought it up, we might as well talk about the Joe show a little bit. The the biggest thing that I took away was Joe talking about Tanner Edwards without talking about Tanner Edwards. He's kind of a a fan favorite of the podcast because we we thought he was coming to tech. He ended up picking Minnesota State and he is a sophomore now and still has not played a single game for Minnesota State. And Joe It's all happening. Yeah, Joe brought him up on the show about how it was a recruit that Michigan Tech coveted. He picks Minnesota State and he can't even make the lineup once in a season and a half almost. Um and and Dustin's just so giddy because he's he's fully expecting Tanner Edwards to enter the portal this offseason so he can come to tech and get a hundred penalty minutes by himself, right? I predict I predicted it several weeks ago that he was going to enter the enter the transfer portal, and and if he does, you know that Joe cannot resist that. <laughs> he will be a husky. Yeah, because I'm sure, I'm sure from Joe's perspective, he is exactly the kind of player Joe wants because he's got to be a guy that that uh, quote unquote loves the hard skill. Yeah, hard skill. Dustin's got to sign up. Even oh yeah, that's been up there. For, it's been yeah. up there. Has that been the, there for uh, weeks? Because I have not watched the YouTube two weeks, two weeks. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that was probably the highlight of the Joe show, other than his extended rant about uh, hard ice and and hard skill and all that stuff and trying to find the players that that want to get there and um, and feeling like there's certain players that are not playing that way. And he obviously didn't name names. Um, but I'm sure if we went you back and watched video, the... you can figure out who didn't play much in the third period, and you'll know who he's talking about. I think you can probably just look at the line charts, and you know, you pick out the guys that have been in the in and out of the in lineup the, yeah. in the lineup regularly, and they're the ones that feels happy with, right? And you right. take the guys that are bouncing in and out, and they're the ones he's not happy with. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I know he's. I know he talked couple weeks ago about Nardella not um playing the way he wanted or whatever and uh and I think uh, since then Nardella has played more of a Missyak Mosley type game where he is playing that way and, and putting in the effort and doing all that stuff I guess one of the other comments on today's show that I that I did find interesting was was Joe talking about how uh he made some comment about a player telling him that he thought he played well in Wisconsin. And Joe's like, well, what have you done for me lately? Kind of sense of things. And I think, I think my problem with the way Joe talks about it sometimes is it, it makes it sound like much like the goalie situation a few years ago, Joe is creating this situation to some extent where these guys are, are, gripping their stick too tight because he's so focused on what did you do yesterday instead of like okay you weren't great last night you know like he's creating this competition and some guys are gonna rise to that and some guys are gonna get nervous and make mistakes because of it and and I think maybe he 
he struggles at times with with how he communicates about that stuff. Obviously, we don't know what he's saying behind the scenes with the players, and and I always know that you know he's he's got that fatherly figure mentality a lot of times when you know even when I've talked to him about stuff. So I think he handles it correctly, but it also feels like maybe that's part of the problem at times is the the pressure he's putting on with the way he's handling these things and shuffling lineups and that kind of stuff. But I can, you know, as somebody that works with coaches, like I can just, that's kind of how it is. I mean, you're a division one athlete. There's going to be pressure with the coach. They're going to put pressure on you. And you know, some guys, some guys can handle it. Some guys can't. So I, I was talking yep. to one of our guys today on the bench, really good example. And he knows he hasn't done his job. He's a goal scorer. And he goes, you know, I haven't scored in a while. I'm kind of snake bit. You know, I hit the knob of the stick here. I'm out of the lineup here. And I'm like, what's coach telling you to do? He lists off the things. He's like, you got your playbook now. Do what you can do. The pucks will start to go in eventually. And, you know, guys are just, you know, they get used to it. And, you know, sometimes you don't like getting talked to that way. But um, I've seen multiple times where guys come out of the lineup they're told what they weren't doing while they go back in, they have a point the next night. So I think it's just part of it, the creating the situation, you know, it can be uncomfortable for the guys until they start playing well. And you'll see some guys put more pressure on themselves and they don't play well. And that's just what their personality is sometimes. Yep. No, I, I think that's true. And I, and, and some of it just goes back to choices Joe has made in recruiting and, and, and where that's taken him over the last four years. Like I, he made some comment today about the, the bind he was in when he took over and it's like, well, that's four or five years ago now, Joe, you can't talk yeah, about that I, anymore. Like that's, that's the, done. It's past you. You got to move on. Like that's not an excuse anymore. Is It's just the same as which Wisconsin series. What did you do for me? Yep. If he's going to take that line with the players that, the last week is what matters. The last, you know, performances are what makes a difference. He's got to look at that in the same way. And there's got to be more examples than CJ Ike of who someone who slotted in. If you're not getting a CJ Ike like player, which you brought up specifically today, that can jump into spots. Now, granted, you talked about Rocky Rockwell a little bit too, right? So yep. you could bring up a more, or one more other recent one. But a lot of times it feels like to me that he reaches far back in. Yeah, he specifically brought up things. Bryce too, right? Ray yep, Bryce, Bryce yep. Ike, Ray, Ray Bryce, Ike, and uh, and Rockwell were the uh, the ones he brought up. Which so, I will still never understand how he named a guy a captain and then didn't dress him half the time. But I, yeah, that was that was wild, and I was never yep. really. I don't now that he's gone. I was never really a huge Ray Bryce fan to begin with. I just didn't feel like he played like a very useful style of hockey at the uh, NCAA level. I hope he's doing well at uh, in Kalamazoo now. I've really got a chance to check in on him. I think it's cool whenever the Huskies go to the pros, but I just really thought that was an odd captain pick, especially because we had to pick a new captain mid-year and Alex Smith just to make sure we had a captain that was regularly making the lineup. Yep. That yeah, was a, weird. I mean, to me, if he's, if he's going to talk about players, you know, looking at their most recent experience, he needs to look at his most recent experiences too. Otherwise it comes off as hypocritical to me. And that, that does, that does bug me when that's where we're looking at for examples. Yep. 
But. Yeah, he if he's pulling back to guys that he coached as an assistant, it's not a good example because right. that's not the fault about the, him. the fault is on your recruiting then at that point if that's where you feel you're at you yep. are the one in charge of that at this point yep make fix it yep uh and then the other point that i thought was worthwhile that he made was that patterson's injured um and i didn't yeah, did we, did did we, we i don't that think we knew this? that before the I show today so no i don't think so uh, i mentioned it was a lower body injury yeah he uh, talked about how much uh, he'd like to get him in the lineup yeah. because of his size and skill but, but he hasn't been healthy enough to play since uh i don't know if it's been the whole season or since since joe felt like he was ready to play and then he got hurt at some point shortly after that or whatever but well i guess i guess what can you say to that other than we hope it gets better soon and we can Hopefully, expect to see him in the lineup at some point. But and hopefully, Brett unfortunate yeah. gets healthy too, so we can see him in the lineup this weekend. That'd be nice. Yeah. Big AB fan, do love AB. All right, Dustin, why don't we do your fantasy college hockey oh. here? Well, before we do that, because I think we can let Harrison go before them. Harrison yeah. loves being asked stupid question, and I have a laundry list of them. So yeah, except you- we're at eighty-six minutes. Matt, I don't need I don't need uh, twelve minutes of talking about things unless we just want to talk about the giant hot dog video we all watched we'll do, earlier. We'll, I can, I can gonna, lightning around it. Yeah, we're I gonna do lightning. lightning we're gonna do lightning round, right, Harrison? All right. Yeah. Is cheese a loaf of milk? <laughs> yes. Okay. Does Lightning McQueen have car insurance or health insurance? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> How many chuggas go before the choo choo? Two. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> if you ask, if you ask Rick Astley to give you his copy of the movie Up, does he give you up or let you down? Give me up. Are eye drops blinker fluid? Yes. If poison expires, is it more deadly or less deadly? Less deadly. Um, would you rather have a $5 hot and ready or a Wendy's four for four? Wendy's four for four. Is the ocean technically the world's largest gumbo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, way, the, way, the way the planet's eating, yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Um, does the word shampoo imply the existence of shampoo? <laughs> Who the hell gave you this list of questions? That's classified. The answer is yes. We'll move on. <laughs> Do British websites use biscuits instead of cookies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, that is all that I have. Thank you, Harrison. <laughs> nice work, but to Harrison. answer your question, most of those came from the wonderful mind of Sam Horn, who you will get to meet in February, hopefully. Okay. Good. <laughs> See, not 12 minutes. That was about a minute and a half, Tim. That was all wonderful. Right. All right. That was all right. And we got some laughs, so I got something to put at the beginning. That's yeah. Right. Oh, that gumbo one is absurd. The all gumbo right. one so, is that's, so- that's the only one on that list that was all me. <laughs> that was you, huh? That was me. That one was all me. The rest were pretty much Sam. Uh do you have any comment um, on the, since the last time you were on, I think we was the episode we called Girthy Hot Dog. Do you have any comment on the giant hot dog video that we watched earlier today, Harrison? No, but based on the time that we have been on this um, 
podcast the amount that you'll have to edit. I can only say that this podcast can be described as bigger, badder, and girthier. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the name. Bigger, right. badder, and girthier. That's yep. fantastic. Yep, but... yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Harrison. It's been fun. It's it's nice for to be back and have somebody that uh, we can joke about or joke with and, and have a nice conversation. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Gig. I'll talk to you all in February. It's the Sounds first good. week where we don't have to have a sub if for the uh, the picking. So yeah, now it's everyone. Everyone, everyone's on their own accord now. So yeah, nobody yeah. can blame anybody else. It was right. fantastic to have you, Harris, and I'm really jealous that you get to take that trip up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it this year. So have fun with it. Will do. I'll catch you yeah, guys. Enjoy. Okay, yeah, later. All right, Dustin, here we go. Let's get this done. All right, recap. Um, speaking of girthy, you guys see what my guy did on set. Yeah, Friday you got night. a freaking hat trick, which is like buco points. Oh. He got four goals that evening. Actually. Four goals. Yeah. Four goals. One was a power play. One was a game-winning goal and an assist. I'm just happy that I ended up not taking the St. Cloud pick. That would have been Ooh. disastrous. Ofer for Cronilla. Yeah, see, I'm happy that I didn't go with them. I think I got yeah. one assist on the weekend. I think yeah. that's where I am as well with Ashton Calder. Right, so I yeah, have it. I, as... I don't think I had a good weekend either. You had three points, Rob. Yeah, Everyone gained ground on either. the ghost, though. Yeah, Rob had three points. Matt and Tim both had one. I'm really disappointed in my guy from Saturday night. He had an offer on Saturday night, but he put up 16 points on Friday <laughs> <laughs> put up 16 yeah, yeah. hat tricks are like buco points yeah so, oh, you, so are you, you like get a, are you... you get a five point bonus with for a hat trick okay now i need to hear the updated standings where are we uh i have taken the lead with 30 oh my points. god he comes out of nowhere <laughs> yep so you've had so you have how many points 34 okay and how many do i have i assume i'm still in second 30 okay rob's got 20 Okay. Ghost has 16. And Matt Uh-oh. has eight. Matt has eight. Hey, we're Matt not negative so, anymore. So does he have Creeping to be above the ghost digits. to get to double jeopardy or to final yeah. jeopardy? Yeah, what, or? What is, he needs to get above fine. the ghost. Yep. Okay. So he's got he's got a lot of time left to get you know to gain eight points. The ghost right. has as many points as you've got in the weekend. So there's a lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of hope here. All right. So what's the right, subject so, this week, Dustin? So this week, um, because Tim loves it so much on your first week back, we're going back to goalies. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the, the theme is goalies again. Um, I have picked what should be very, very high-end goalies. Um, and I went off the list of goalies that have played the most games in this. So – we're getting guys that should be playing both games this weekend. Okay. Uh, so the first player on the list, I have it. Um, I'll paste the numbers or the names in when I'm all done here. Okay. What's the, the order this week? Uh, order is me, Matt, Tim, Rob. Sam last, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I don't think any of these guys are bad picks you know all all of them are going to have chances for shutouts i believe so that's chances for points all right 
first on the list, Jackson Stauber, former Mankato Maverick Jackson Stauber. An attempted uh, Michigan played, Tech recruit. And, and recruit, yep. Oh, uh, he plays right. for Providence now. Uh, Stauber has played in 15 games this season for the 14th ranked Providence Friars. He has a save percentage of 924 on the season. Providence is hosting Dartmouth this Friday and playing at Brown on Saturday. Two quality chances for shutouts. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, second, Eric Portillo from Michigan. Portillo has played in 14 games this season. Michigan is ranked four in the country. Portillo has a save percentage of 918. Uh, Michigan is hosting Niagara for two games this weekend, which should be a bloodbath. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Third, Devin Levi from Northeastern. This is the guy on the list that I hadn't heard of before, but he's put up some great numbers this year. Levi has played 14 games this season for Northeastern. Northeastern is ranked 18th in the country. Uh, He's got a save percentage of 949. So that's pretty dang good. Uh, This weekend is a Friday-Sunday home-and-home series with RPI. Fourth, Dryden McKay. I don't think I need to say much more. Um, Mankato's at Lake State for two. Fifth, another familiar name. We're going to go with Blake Piella. Two games against Ferris this weekend. So like I said... Uh, Stauber, Portillo, Levi, McKay, Piedela, um, all of them in favorable matchups, all of them very good goalies, and all of them playing pretty much every game for their teams. Should be a points fest, I hope. Yeah, let's hope. How do the goalie points work again? Uh, Buco points for shutouts and yeah. and extra points for over a 900 save percentage, right? Yeah, and then you get a point for a win, or you get yep. points for wins, no decisions, and ties. You get, I think it's two points, two points for a win, a point for a no decision or a tie. Yeah. Um, bonus points for greater than ninety percent save percentage, and then six bonus points for a shutout. Okay. So we're going for shutouts. That's what we want. Shutouts. All right, Dustin, kick us off. Let's go. Well, I think. I think I'm going to have to go the obvious one and go with McKay, even though I don't know if it's as obvious as it, as it sounds. That's probably the toughest matchup of any of these guys. But it is Dryden McKay, so I'm going to go with Dryden McKay. I think that's well put, and that's why I would be tempted to take Jackson Stauber, but that's not in line with me being a homer. So I'm going to take Money Machine, <laughs> like the envelope, baby. <laughs> All right, Tim. It's my Stauber, pick? Portillo, or Levi? Yep. Uh, I think I have to take Levi. Kind of hard to pass up the other guy that's got five shutouts. And 949 save percentage? Yeah. All right. Who's left? Uh, We got Partillo and... Stauber. 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 Who was uh, who was Providence playing this weekend? That was the home and home one. Brown and Brown and Dartmouth. Dar- Brown and Dartmouth. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the the, the skunk helmet. 
Okay, <laughs> go with Priscilla. I'm surprised. Why do I have Albert a feeling that the ghost, the ghost is going to kick ass this weekend? I, I can't like, pass off I'm, Niagara, though. I'm extremely surprised that Stauber got to the ghost because I was thinking about taking him with two. Well, I I was thinking about taking him with one, but because I don't think I, I don't think the there's a bad pick. I don't think there's a bad pick in any of these five. So. You're you're right. I th- I honestly think that I picked the riskiest one. <laughs> I think that's I think that's one of the more even matches. Well, I think uh, yeah. I don't. I think if we were not homers, I would think the ghost would have gotten Pietala. I would agree. That's kind of why I put Pietala in there to see if one of you guys would take him. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't an agenda on this podcast, Pietala probably would have gone. To you could have left him to the ghost. I could um, have, but what kind of uh, like designated <laughs> podcast homer would I be if I allowed that to happen? <laughs> All right. There we have it. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. And where the hell is that? We have a new patron, don't we? Woo! Oh, yeah, Trey, you mentioned that last week. No more five-star reviews, though? No. There no was somebody that wanted to on Facebook. They were trying to figure out where to put it. Well, I was trying to get, do you, I was basically got to go to Apple. So you got to go to Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I told it. them that we, if they could figure out how to put it somewhere just related to our media, we could probably make it happen. I didn't see any new ones for the for Facebook or the blog or anything else. But all right, so if we find another five star review somewhere. We'll yeah, find it. I thank told them you to Lucas Pipenhagen for joining at the white level here last week. Um, I know I made a nice joke on our uh, on our. Uh, discord chat or our slack chat about how how the guys are holding down the fort on the podcast without me so well that they actually picked up a patreon um while i was out sick so that was kind of cool um get back to it here patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic mtu jersey patch i'll keep saying that but i'm not sure that's going to happen anymore guys um we'll figure something out though um because Exclusive Pro has been very cagey with me this year. I think they're. I don't. I don't know how much of the issue with our jerseys is the fact that they did not originally come with nameplates. Um. And how much of the issue is them just being behind on other things? Because I know, like, um, we did not wear a hundred-year jerseys until or hundred-season jerseys until the Northern series because the freshman jerseys were not ready yet. And I assume that's exclusive pro being behind likely I would assume because of COVID issues with their facility or people or whatever, but they basically have people keep bugging me about when we're going to get jerseys. And I keep telling them I have no idea because every time I call exclusive pro, I don't get a call back these days. So I'm just waiting for a shipment to show up at my house and deal with it then but people are really bad at reading emails because i basically told everybody not to bug me unless you don't have your jersey by new year's day um but people don't seem to care they just think they'd have it by now and i get emails and text messages and people emailing tech hockey guide because i'm not necessarily replying to everybody because it's not my fault you didn't read the email that said don't talk to me till january 1 2022 I'm going to tell everyone the correct way to look at the jersey order. Yeah, It's a gift you buy yourself in advance, and when it shows up, it's like a beautiful present you forgot about. Yep. The one thing I don't understand (laughs) 
is the guys that bought blanks got them in like August. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, I guess they and if and if they got them in August, maybe the issue was if we had if we had properly ordered them so that they came with nameplates to Exclusive Pro in August, maybe they would have gotten done in August and I would have had them. But it seems odd to me that they got them in August and I haven't heard boo about them being done yet. Um, But whatever, I I'm sure they're having some other issues there or supply issues. Who knows? so I'm not too worried about it yet, but it would be nice to actually get a call back when I try to contact them, but whatever. Um, but it also would be nice if people would stop bugging me because it's I don't get enough money for all that effort to be bothered every day by somebody else emailing me or tweeting at me or texting me or contacting Brandon on Tech Hockey Guide only to forward it to me to read it and be like, yeah read your other emails and maybe you'll understand why I haven't bothered to bug or reply to you guys. So uh, patrons at the white level or above get access to our um, sporadic zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe, Sean, Brad Patterson, and more to come. I think we're going to try and schedule one of those here in a little bit. And I think we're going to try and get Cam Ellsworth on. I, he actually reached out to me huh, uh, about being sick last week to check on me after i did a facebook post telling everybody what was kind of going on so um he's having an interesting season he said he had i think 16 new players this year and uh and i think i looked i thought i looked today or last week that they're they're still ranked i think they were 10th or 15th i forget how long the the d3 poll goes but uh, they were still ranked, which I thought was pretty cool. I think they're six and two or something so far this year. Um, yeah, so he talked about how that was pretty challenging. I think he'd be a good guy to get on and and talk about how the how D three works and and his challenges playing or coaching there and everything. So I think that'd be a good one if we can figure out a time here, maybe in December, to do one of those since we haven't done one in a while. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends, uh, as we stated before and have done a few different times, if you give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, Dustin will read the review you leave no matter what it says. So Let's get some more ratings so we can get found by more people and see what you guys have to say. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsor, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Uh, thank you for your support. I have to, I have a bill from Michigan Tech for our, our advertising that I need to uh, open up. I've kind of been ignoring it since I've been sick. I think they sent it a week ago, so I'm not doing too bad yet, but I need to get that money off to Michigan Tech to pay for that and a lot of that coming from our sponsorship from Fibkey Dental and Rhinelander. Uh, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint Doc McBresen for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.